going on, everybody? It's me, it's me, it's the P-R-I-M-E, and I am here with the lady that seems to never age, Alisa Reyes. How are you doing today? Hey, what's up? Oh, I love that intro. Yes, I'm immortal. I love that. <laughs> and I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, uh, it did. Uh, it's a lot of things that go- went into this, but I'm glad we could finally make it happen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think social media is an amazing thing, and it allows um, artists and entertainers to be able to meet people such as you that have these amazing podcast shows and get a chance to kind of visit Memory Lane and talk about current projects that um, us actors or musicians or artists are working on, and it gives us a chance to kind of cross-promote and share that love. Yes. Now, I want to ask you a question. I, I ask everybody this question when they're their first time on what was a typical Friday night for you uh, growing up? What was a typical Friday night for me growing up? Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as like a kid when I started acting when I was a little kid, is that what you want to know when I was doing my show all that during that time frame? Just a time that you really remember, something that you really, really enjoy. Um, well, I'm from New York City. I'm from Manhattan. Uh, I currently reside in the West Coast, uh, but uh, I, you know, and I started, I started acting when I was around seven years old. So, uh, you know, just to kind of segue a little bit for people uh, that, you know, want to know a little bit about me really fast. I come from a show called All That on Nickelodeon. I'm from the original cast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I also play the voice of La Cienica Boulevardes on the Disney cartoon, The, the Proud Family. And, and then there's a bunch of other cool things that I'll share with you guys. But uh, segueing into my childhood, I started, you know, being in the entertainment at such a young age. So a typical Friday night for me, when some kids maybe were running around and maybe going to the movies and doing the normal kid things, I might be home studying a script for an audition. So that's the reason why I kind of wanted to segue a little bit into viewers that are listening about you know, who is Elisa Reyes, just so they understand, okay, this is why I'm talking about reading scripts and all that stuff. Because at the end of the day, being a child actor, you do sacrifice some things, but I'll be honest with you, I absolutely have, I have no regrets whatsoever. Uh, But I would say I definitely had the luxury, because I had a very supportive mother and family, that I was able to like, definitely have fun and go do my thing. But I was very grounded and focused. I knew at a young age what I wanted to do. So I I tried to find that balance at even a young age. And I think that's kind of what made me be the person I am today, if that makes any sense. Yes, I actually want to ask you a question about being a child actor. Because, you know, obviously we all hear the stories about how some child actors go off the rails. Uh, How did you, you know, stay grounded and not, you know, go off the rails and have an episode or something like that? Oh, um, I think a lot of it comes from the way that I was raised and the support and the tribe and my family that I have around me. You know, number one, when I say tribe, that doesn't have to necessarily be blood related. I have people in my life that aren't blood related, but are close to me more as if, you know, I've known them all my life. And then my own family has just been my, my rock and my salvation. My mom, God rest her soul, she's no longer with me, but you know, I'm pretty much an only child. I was I was raised by my mom predominantly. Um, I, I do have a big family, but I'm, unfortunately, you know, as I get older, family dwindles down. So now, by the grace of God, I married a man that has a huge family. So now I inherited, like, double the amount of people, which has been a blessing. But I would say because I came from a good support system, that is the reason I was able to have a saneful 
life. And I was able to really do all the things that I wanted to aspire to do and manifest. And my, and my mother allowed me to do those things. Uh, you know, I, God has been a big part of my life. You know, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. So every day I thank him. I connect myself to Mother Earth. I'm kind of a Catholic hippie. So I like my crystals and my sage and I like to meditate. But then I go to church every Sunday. And for a minute, I was really highly involved. You know, I've been involved in my church choir and I was mm-hmm. a lector. I, you know, there's a lot of things a lot of people don't know about me. I always try to get involved in charity work. I, I'm a board member for a nonprofit dance company called the California Dance Institute out here in Los Angeles. So anything I can do, you know, that's um, philanthropy work makes my soul happy, giving back to the community. So all those things were instilled in me by my family, which allowed me to mix that. And then me being Irish, Italian, Dominican from Manhattan, New York. I then got the chutzpah and the street smarts and you combine that together. I feel like that's like a perfect, you know, uh, you know, remedy, a perfect, you know, uh, you know, a pot of stew, if that makes any sense when I'm saying it's your Merkaba, it's your mind, body and spirit and balance. And whether you're seven years old or you're in your twenties or you're in your thirties, you know, as long as you come from a good foundation and, and, and rooting, then the sky's the limit. You just have to always remember your self-worth and where you came from. Now, is that difficult for you, like, you know, being these different ethnicities? Is that different, like, while Um, you're an actor? I would definitely say that I've always gone through different textures and layers, uh, being of mixed descent. Um, I'm Irish, Italian, Dominican, and Caribbean Indian, and mixed with 80 million you know, other things that 23andMe said that I was. And so um, I like to call myself the United Nations. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm a jack of all trades at the same time. I came from a very worldly household. Um, you know, I, I, I came from a household that was either cooking Italian or Spanish food. So I just want to say my palate's pretty badass, you know, <laughs> because I just, I love flavor. Garlic is my best friend. And I also just love different cultures. That's why for me, I'm all about that movie, Eat, Love, Pray. I think in life, you really need to just, you know, YOLO and live your best life and just, uh, you know, be in the moment of life. And so me coming from a mixed household, my mother and my family always instilled in me to be in the present moment, to appreciate what you have. Yeah, all generations, our all cultures, all ethnicities are going to have their own story, but it's what you make of it. And you then want to be that legacy to pass on to your children and set that example. So for me, yeah, of course, I've been bullied. I've been picked on. People call me names, you know, but at the end of the day, all of that created what's called thick skin and made oh, yes. me be... Yeah the the best actress I can be because now I have all these amazing textures and layers that I can just add as accoutrements for my next acting role. So I always go, you know what, bring it on. If 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 people in life are gonna throw you a lemon, you gotta make lemonade. And that's what I'm trying to say is you're gonna turn something that's maybe a negative into a positive. And for me, a lot of people go, oh my God, you know, how do you act? How do you embody a character? How can you cry? Because you take all this deep stuff that you've actually gone through in life, you mix it up, and you make it into magic. 
So anything that might have been a baggage or a, a weight on your chest or a weight on your shoulder, to me, I turn into something that allows me to really showcase being different, different characters and adding different textures and layers to my acting. So like I'm saying in a nutshell, all of that made me who I am today. And no pun intended with the all that. Ha ha. Speaking of all that. <laughs> speaking of all segue. that. It <laughs> is. It, it really is. You were one of the original cast members of all that. Now, yes. when you heard about this show or, you know, your agent or whatever told you about this show and they told you audition, how long was the audition process for you? Was it like, did you have to go back three or four times? Or? No, I think I like, from what I remember, I feel like I'm pretty confident in this answer because I've been saying the same answer for a long time. It's like almost seven times because what transpired was, is it was a nationwide search. So I'm the only one that came from New York City. Everybody okay. else was like either in Chicago, Atl Chicago, Atlanta, uh, California. And so um, Keenan at the time, Keenan and I were the last cast members that were cast. And he was doing, if I'm not mistaken, Mighty Ducks. And I think, like, I remember vaguely, like, they were trying to figure out if he was going to be available. You know, they were working things out with me, trying to get all of us to be able to come in the same spot. Everybody taken off at the same time. I was, I was sitting there with my feet up on the table because, like, it got to the point where I felt like I lived there. Because after going so many times, you're like, oh, my God, did I get the part? And then finally I get the call that I got the part. And I was ecstatic. You and your mom have to pack up. You're going to go to Universal Studios, Orlando, Florida. The audition process in a nutshell was I had to come up with my own shtick, my own comedy routine. And when I got the part, I went straight to Orlando, Florida, Nickelodeon Studios. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to eat, get off the plane and go to my home or hotel where I was going to live for like the next six months. I had to go straight to the trailer to meet the cast. I was meeting the cast for the first time, and I was so nervous. Once I walked in the room, every Keenan, Kel, Josh, Lori, Beth, Angelique, Katrina, everybody was so nice. We're, we were so excited. We're like, hi! Oh, my God, we got to go back to school. But at the same time, education was always important, always the forefront. So um, that was, like, my experience of, like, you know, meeting everyone for the first moment. But, yeah, it, it was an amazing experience. And, honestly, like, if I could go back and do it all over again, I totally would. Okay. So... Whose idea was Kiki the Island Girl? All these characters did come from the writers, but there was a twist with all of us actors contributing to it creatively because during our audition process, we probably threw a plethora of characters to them to where okay. I'm sure there was a Kiki in there. I'm sure sure there was an Ed from Good Burger. I'm sure there was a Ross Perot from Katrina and Urkel from, you know, Angelique and Earboy from Josh. You understand where I'm saying a loud librarian yeah. from Lori Beth? So they maybe then organically came up with a new character name and a concept. But I do remember going in and one of my, some of my shtick that I did for the audition process, I was a very, as you can tell, I have a lot of energy, hyper girl. So it just made sense for me to be Kiki, like Marianne from Gilligan's Island, and then Lori Beth just be like, I ain't nobody got time for that energy. Which kind of how, it's like, that's how her and I were when we were around. I'm like, I love you! And she's like, I love you, but ain't nobody got time for that. But I love you. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how, like, you know, Kiki and probably Fran formulated, because it was like, like this, 
like a seesaw of energy and it just worked. You know, all that was a formula that just worked. Hence why the show is making a reboot this year. So it's that old saying, if it ain't broke, why fix it? You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. You, you did all that. You also did another show, the proud Mm. family. And the proud family is a show. It's like, I don't, I can't explain it. It's just like one of those shows where you just you just gotta watch. Like, it's it's in, very entertaining and it's a cartoon. Usually, yeah. cartoons are entertaining for different reasons. Like, you know, like cartoon for kids is more pow pow pow. This is actually like storytelling in between, like a, a real family. Yeah, I mean, Proud Family was on Disney Channel. I played the voice of La Cienica Boulevard. As she was a recurring character. Yes. Uh, it was about. Um, Penny Proud, the Proud family. So you had Oscar Proud, you had Penny Proud. Oscar Proud was played by Tommy oh, Davison. Yeah, uh, Penny Proud was played by Kyla Pratt. I mean, we had a great list of actors. Uh, the character Soleil Moon Fry, uh, well, actually, the character um, was played by Soleil Moon Fry. I'm going blank on what her name was. Oh, God forgive <laughs> me. But she played Bunky, Punky Brewster in the 80s. Uh, so she was one of the voices on the show. Uh, but there were so many different, so many different actors on the Proud Family that were diverse. That's what was amazing about the Proud Family is that literally everybody was diverse, and there was nothing like it on the Disney Channel. Because sometimes you watch programming where I call it the cookie cutter thing, where it's all one <laughs> ethnicity, and it's just not, it's not realistic. You know what I mean? So yeah. you know to. to Find something that kids can relate to. I was all about. Now I'm googling right now because I have it's killing me on what. So okay, Zoe. Yes, Soleil Moon. Zoe. Oh, Zoe. Zoe. Okay. Okay, okay. And then Orlando Brown played Sticky. Played Sticky. We had Karen White played Dijonay. Tara Strong who played Bebe. We had um, Joe. Uh, Joe. Uh, Joe. Peyton Sugar Mama from Family Matters. Really? From Family Matters? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then Paula Parker, she played Trudy. And then Carlos Mencia, who played my father on The Proud Family. You know, we, and, and Raven Simone played a voice on it, too. Even Steve Harvey played a voice on it. I mean, we had we had Samuel Jackson played a voice, Cedric the Entertainer. I mean, we had some really amazing people on The Proud Family. Now, that would be a fun show to definitely reboot. I think, yes. you know, and the movie, the movie too was also like one of those movies, one of those enjoyable movies that you could enjoy anytime it's on. Yes, yes, that was kind of fun. I think we all went like on an island and something happened on. I vaguely remember, but yes, we <laughs> were running, like a, running around making a muck. Basically, have you seen the movie Us? It's, it's basically like that, but the human clones are peanuts. That's what I'm saying. I was going to say, like, I was I was trying to remember what was I doing, and that's, you made me remember, yes, we were running around with the little peanut people on the island, yes. <laughs> y'all had an epic, epic dance battle. Yeah, we, that's funny. Yes, we uh, did. Yes, we did. Yeah. So, with you being on all that, then switching over to uh, the Proud family. Yeah. In your head, are you thinking, like, oh, I'm good, or do you really want to look forward to what's next? Well, I mean, after I did all that, I yes, I did move on to the Proud Family. But in between all that and the Proud Family, I actually moved on to doing a show called One World that was on TNBC. Yeah. That was a Peter Ingalls show. He did, like, Saved by the Bell, The New Class, and Saved by the Bell, the actual original City Guys, Hang Time. Then there was my show. 
I won a Hollywood Reporter Award for Best Actress for being on that show. After that, I moved on to doing soap work. I was on Passions for a little bit, Bold and the Beautiful. I've guest starred on shows like ER, NYPD Blue, Boston Public, Without a Trace, American Family, just to name a few. And then I segued a little bit into radio. I had a couple radio shows on Sirius uh, Radio. And then I, you know, I sing also. So there was a minute that I, like, I had a record deal with Hollywood Records. I was in a girls group called 3G's. Uh, they had a song on the Princess Diary soundtrack. So, you know, there's a lot of things a lot of people don't know about me. Being an actress, you kind of do have to be a little bit of a jack of all trades. And so, like, I grew up in New York going to the old professional performing arts school majoring in music, musical theater. So music and singing and dancing and acting has always been kind of my formula. So, you know, now as I've gotten older, I'm doing more film work finally doing, you know, TV, which I always love, but now doing also behind the scenes stuff where I'm creatively writing, producing, and, you know, working a little bit behind the scenes so I can have a little bit more of that creative input in regards to the projects that I'm involved in. Okay. Uh, so I have two questions, but mm-hmm. I'm going to ask one at a time. Okay. So you said, you say you, you were a jack of all trades. Have you ever thought about like going in to do plays or doing Broadway or anything like that? Well, there was a time I actually did off-Broadway, and that's sort of what I started in. Like I said, I started off doing musical theater. So when I lived in Manhattan, New York City, like I was trained by Bob Marks, who trained and who has continued to train some of the top Broadway artists that is on Broadway as we speak. He handled all of the music arrangements for the reboot of Annie, the one with... um, Going blank on his name, Jamie Fox, right? Jamie Fox, yes. Uh huh. So, with that being said, uh, yes, doing theaters, doing plays, I did a lot of those off Broadway types of shows when I was younger. I did an off Broadway show called Choices when I was a little girl with Natalie Portman ooh, when I was ooh. a little girl. And I met her right when she was starting, right before she, um, you know, made her big break in, 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 I forgot what that movie was that she was in when she first started. She played a little girl that was like on the run with this guy that was a killer. I can't think of it. Oh, but, uh, I actually never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to like Google her and check it out. But anywho. Yeah. No. So I, when it comes to theater and plays, like I've been around doing that for a while now, it's been a while since I've done a play. I, I toured in New York doing like chorus line. I've done a lot of plays you know, in performances when I was living in New York and dancing with dance companies, but now living out in LA, I've been focusing solely like on film and TV and voiceovers. But if an opportunity came that I could do a play, oh my God, for sure, that would be amazing. I would love it. And if it, if, it, if there's any music involved with it and it's a musical, that would be like the cherry on top. Another question I have is, uh, what is the difference, or do you just see acting this acting, what is the difference between a sitcom actor and then a soap opera actor? Okay. And then really fast, the movie that Natalie Portman was in that, that I was trying to think of the name is, it's called The Professional. So oh. if you haven't seen it, you should see it. It's so good. That was like in the 90s, but it was All a good movie. Add it to my list. <laughs> Add it to your list. Okay. So the difference between being a sitcom actor and a soap actor, um, I would say it's just a, a different tone of acting. A sitcom actor, there's a formula, right? And usually sitcoms are comedic based, right? So you're going to have sometimes a live studio audience. Sometimes you might not have a live studio audience and there might be like what's called a fake laugh track. Yeah, the laugh track. Uh, we don't know that usually laugh. There's, you know that 
But there's usually, you know, every couple of moments, there's a silly joke that's being said. And at the end of the day, there's always kind of like a formula to the episode. You're going to start with like, you know, we have to solve an issue. And at the end of the episode, the issue gets resolved. You know what I mean? And womp, 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 it's a happy story. Soap, on the other hand, you can die, get your head cut off, and then still come back as the same person. Which was kind of funny because when I was on Passions, I started off as a reoccurring as one character by the name of Kelly, who mm-hmm. was in a storyline with Chad and Whitney. These were these other two actors in the, in the storyline with me. Okay. They liked me so much, they gave me the opportunity to come back as a series regular, but as a different character by the name of Sydney Valentine, who played, I played a recording artist, so I got a chance to actually sing, perform music music on the soap and act so that was amazing but I came back as a different character but in the same storyline with the same people so you tell me how that works Uh, (laughs) was that well received oh yeah they love Sydney I mean Kelly was Uh, Kelly was adorable but she was only on for a couple episodes so like they're like we're gonna give you something cool and something different and I'm like all right let's do it." it and it ended up just working I got a little bit more of a sassier character to play and then to be able to on the show while being able to act to me that was awesome it gave me an opportunity for my fans to see me in a different light which was being able to musically perform while acting okay yeah that actually does sound great i just like if i was watching it personally i probably would have been confused on like if i just seen this girl as another kid yeah they probably thought like no one noticed but like there are our hardcore fans that they are aware of Kelly and Sydney. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like to each his own. I mean, and as far as the different dynamic of acting in a soap, I would say it's a little bit more melodramatic. You okay. know, uh, things are a little bit more exaggerated. Or um, tears if need be. Oh yeah, you have to be able to cry at the drop of the dime if you're a soap actor. Hence segueing back to if you have a past in your life and you're an actor, then you're going to take all of those textures and layers and you're going to think about all those different trials and tribulations. And that's what's going to make you cry and be a great actor. That's why a lot of people are like, oh my God, like, how are you an actor? And I go, you take all of what you've been through and you just muster up into an energy ball and that's what's going to help you find your emotion. If that makes any sense. Yes, it does. Uh, So... I want to talk about one of your new projects or one of your newer projects. This movie, Heavenly Deposit. So what what made you come, you know, say, I want to work on this? Heavenly Deposit. Well, this was a Christian-based film. It was picked up by the Dove Foundation. We have um, John Savage in it, Ella Joyce. Christina Denton, George Vincent, myself. Uh, We have a great cast of people. Uh, It's a story that's a positive message uh, about um, a husband and wife and about faith and about how, you know, at the end of the day, love is the key and your connection to your higher self. And even in your lowest times in life, even when you think you have no one, all you have to do is look up and remember the minute you connect and ask for help, that help is going to be given. But, but you can't ask for help if, if, if you don't believe and have faith, right? Yeah. And you're not going to get any help unless you ask for help. You know what I mean? So it's about having a voice and believing in yourself and knowing your self-worth 
and knowing that at the end of the day, it's all about love and to put ego aside. And so that's kind of what the message was. And for me to be able to do a Christian based film, number one, with me having Jesus be my Lord and savior and being to be able to part, to be a part of something like that. I was so ecstatic because it was such a positive message. It being about God. It is and a positive message. It, yeah. And also that it's a family movie. Like anyone of all ages can see it. So we just had our premiere, our West coast premiere yesterday. And the, re- the, the rapport was amazing. The si- okay. reciprocation was amazing. Um, it felt amazing to see people get the message. I was like, so touched that people were crying and then laughing at the right moments. And it was so beautifully edited. The scoring is beautiful. The cast did an amazing job. I was really proud to be a part of this project, you know, shout out to George Vincent and Rick Irvin, who are, you know, the, the creators and producer and director of it and, and just to the cast. So right now, if I'm not mistaken, um, the movie trailer is available. You just have to go to uh, heavenlydeposit.com. Okay. And then if you um, want to get some more information on the release date, uh, in a nutshell, if I'm not mistaken, you can pre-order and pre- yeah, pre-ordering is available. A DVD is available through Walmart and Amazon. The release of the film is going to be on May 28th on digital platforms such as iTunes, Fandango Now, uh, Redbox, On Demand, Xbox, and Sony, and PlayStation. So we're excited that once the end of May comes, it's going to be available through all of these different um, options for people to see the film. So it's, it's really exciting. Then after you see the film, if you can give us a review on Amazon, that would be amazing. That would really be amazing too. And then follow us on Heavenly Deposit um, on Instagram as well, or check out the website heavenlydeposit.com if you want to see the te- uh, the teaser and the trailer. But May twenty eighth is the release date. Okay, okay. Now, with that being said, we are coming up to the end. End of okay. the road. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it has to happen, people. Oh, but okay. If you can leave one word with the people before you leave. <laughs> Of a, a word of encouragement, what would that word be? Uh, the word of encouragement, I would say, is to surrender and let go, right? Okay. Uh, we, in life, uh, do not have any control over tomorrow, and yesterday's already happened, right? So all we can really do is work on being in the present moment. And if that's hard for you... Um, my advice would be just try to create just a sacred moment for yourself and just take a couple of deep breaths and remember that you do have a purpose and that when you wake up every morning just to be in gratitude and when you go to bed just to be in gratitude. Life isn't going to be perfect, but God doesn't give you what you can't handle. And so I would just say let go, surrender, and just love yourself because if you can love yourself, you can love everybody else. Okay. That is a good word of encouragement by the one Elisa Reyes. Uh, now, yes, we are almost to the end. So I want you to, uh, you know, if you want, I'm pretty sure you can plug your, your Twitter, your sure. whatever, yeah. however people can get in touch with you. They okay. can follow you. Just give it all to them. Well, really fast, I wanted to give a shout out to my uh, casting crew 
over at the film that I just wrapped a couple weeks ago called Break Even. Be sure to follow our Instagram page, Break Even, on Instagram, or check out our IMDb page at Break Even. It's a film I just did about two couples that steal $50 million and we're on the run, directed by Shane Stanley and written by C.J. Wiley. Um, my co-stars are Eric Fellows and Tasia Tellis from the show 100 and Brett Bailey and myself. We have an amazing cast, Steve Gutenberg, um, and the list goes on and on. Uh, with that being said, my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, all that good stuff is Alisa Reyes. That's A-L-I-S-A-R-E-Y-E-S. If you want to know more about me, visit alisareyes.com. Sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out my uh, quarterly blogs that I do. And also at the end of the day, if you like some 90s trivia, check me out on Twitter Monday through Friday where I do some really fun 90s trivia where we do question and answers and I try to be interactive with everyone. And I send you all so much love and light. Thanks for all the love and support that I've gotten on social media because of you guys, you guys keep me trucking. And uh, just stay posted. This June I'll be recording some new tracks and I'm working on a multitude of new projects, so I can't wait for you to see what the rest of 2019 has in store. Well, you heard her from Melissa Reyes and me. That is all I got to say. Prime time is all the time, and we're out. Bye. Uh, to the end of the road.